0: Everybody, how you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin trees coming to you for another great episode of Talking Football. And boy, do we have plenty to talk about! A lot of news flowing in the NFL and the college world. National championship just took place. Fantastic weekend of football. Divisional round is over. We are now in the championship rounds, and I cannot wait for this next weekend. But first, we're going to recap everything. Busy last couple days to this, the beginning of this week. So we've kind of had to push everything a day off. We'll still have another episode coming out um, today as well for you guys listening. We're making it happen, all right? We're going to do our part and make sure this keeps going. Thank you guys for listening and kind of putting up with us this week. Life happens. Guess what, though, Trees? Start our fucking podcast. We'll do whatever we want. We will. We we love, like, keeping it consistent. It, it bothers
1: both Austin and I very much when we're off. Uh, But you want to know what? I had a big work sushi dinner last night, and I just couldn't say no to that. Austin understood. I think all of you guys understand. If you guys have really nice sushi, you you just can't say no to a free dinner like that. Um, I found a new hidden bar downtown, which is awesome. And so I was very excited because now I – and it's like nobody knows about it. It's like this little hole in the wall. It probably only holds maybe like 20 people, maybe 30 People all together, and so it's gonna be my new go to place. It doesn't have a TV, which will be so, I won't go there during games, but like after work, just need a drink, gonna head over there.
0: Shit, just tell, just convince them to get a TV and that you'll be there anytime you're available. And they might go, Oh,
1: all right. It's true. It's true. The, the bartender, I'm sorry, I'm going on tangent that nobody cares about, but I'm going to say it anyways. The bartender was awesome. We were having uh, Japanese whiskey since we were going to sushi, right? And she could tell us everything about these places, uh, these bottles. And it was awesome. we were having like $90 bottles of whiskey. Obviously not the whole bottle, but like we we're just having drinks and dude, it was fantastic.
0: Really good, huh? Yep. So it's Japanese whiskey. Yep. It's not the. It's not your typical uh,
1: Tennessee honey whiskey that you like.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hold up there now. Pull it back, doucher. Uh, I've actually changed it up a little bit. Changed it up a little bit. Excuse me for calling you, doucher. That was inappropriate. But uh, I've stepped it up a notch. I've gotten away from the Tennessee honey. I've started to realize that's a little too sweet. Kind of starting to upset the belly a little bit. It's too sweet now. I need some stronger shit moved up to Knob Creek. You give me a knob and coke. Hey uh, a Couple weekends ago, I went out and I had those all night long and I went to bed I woke up and I'm gonna tell you something that might blow your mind. I didn't have a hangover I had a tad bit of a headache, but I did not have a hangover I don't know how and I don't know why but I drank then from about noon that day for lunch Went about midway through the day, kind of did some stuff, hung out, met some people, cool, great Saturday, you know. Go back out Saturday night, and I'm still drinking them, and I'm not even, like, fucked. I'm just feeling good. I'm just coasting. It was awesome. Knob and Coke, man. (laughs) Dude. it tastes so good. It's so smooth. It is. I love Knob Creek. I mean, let's
1: do that. uh, Mobile. We'll go to the bar. We'll say, hey, two Knob and Cokes, one of them hold the Coke and we'll be good to go
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so when you called me on the utah texas game you had us do a shot and my girlfriend yes. lauren was with me at the time we take the shot and lauren's like "Ooh, let's just take a shot of knob creek since we just got it what we'll opens up the bottle dude the first shot to start it not 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 to oh my god i can't even talk right now that's how it was it was not off to a good start okay <laughs> it did not start well at all from my experience with knob creek i was like this shot is awful mix it with some coke turn makes it all better baby my wife's gonna listen to this. so fun story here
1: my wife listens to the first five minutes of every episode because it's when we're not talking about football and then once we once we move to football she, she turns it off so i love the support thanks babe but
0: I, i respect it
1: yeah totally she was very upset that i was about to take a shot with you and lauren without her that night and so she was like hey what about me and so i had to hurry and pour her one and you know us four ended up taking one together it was it was a nice moment it was But like i i feel bad that i almost neglected to uh like have her join in
0: hey lesson learned for next time uh, yep. uh please know jasmine anytime a shot is happening uh we will notify you so next week be ready to receive a lot of texts <laughs> through the night of you want to take a shot <laughs> because we might be taking one <laughs> we really might but no man all right. left behind
1: <laughs> exactly woman all right okay so i think we're done there right so Let's just start out with Tree I got I got a, actually like four or five but it's good so then we can have one for the next couple episodes so Bingo.
0: there what? you go first off Jasmine thanks for listening have a great rest of your day also before before we even get into Tree-Sivia, uh here's a fun fact for trees we actually met about a year ago around this time and around this time of meeting was his son's birth. We're planning a Madden game. He goes, hey, uh, my son is just born. You might need to give me a couple days. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. Go take care of your stuff when you get back. But the reason I'm saying this is because Miles just had his first birthday. So, um, congrats. Oh, my God, I cannot talk today. A moment of congrats to you and Jasmine on Miles' first birthday. Happy birthday, Miles. Happy for you guys. Can't wait to see everything else take place from here.
1: Thank you. We appreciate that. It, we had a great time on Saturday and Sunday on his birthday weekend. We spoiled the shit out of him. Uh, that's going to be the problem when he's an only child. So, But hey, we actually were talking about it that night. Here we are. No, we're not moving on yet. I cannot wait. For him to be like five or six years old, where he starts to play football, and I just start decking him out in the coolest gear possible. Like I can't wait. It's like everything you do in Madden when you're creating your own player, but it's going to be a real life human. And create I create my
0: own son. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I, I can't wait. So, anyways, super excited about that. I'm sure every person that's listening that has a son is probably feels the exact same way. So, anyways, all right. Let's talk about some tree civia. We're going to talk about completion percentage for anybody that has over 1500 passing attempts. I didn't want any of those like silly, like Muhammad Sanu who has like 20 throws and it's like 19 completions. Right. Mm -hmm. So went all the way up to 1500 attempts to make it. So we know that it's some players that played, you know, what five years or so as, as a quarterback? So, who do you think in the NFL has the highest completion percentage with at least 1500 attempts?
0: They're still in the NFL. No, this is all time. Oh, all oh man, I don't have a clue. All time. Um, shoot, what okay? So, we're gonna have to t- get some hints here.
1: Okay, I will tell you, I have the top 10. You know, all 10 of them. They're, they are in the era of our lifetime of
0: watching football. Okay. So I'm still guessing from you. I thought you were about to just tell me the top 10 from there. No, I'm not. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. And are, some of them are still in the league, then, of course, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Aaron Rodgers. He is number 10 overall. Tom Brady.
1: Tom Brady's not in the top 10. Drew Brees, he is
0: number one. There we go. Okay, sixty-seven point six. I asked you if you were still in the league, and you said no. He, the top guy was. You said, "Are they?"
1: And I said, "I don't know. I don't remember the exact question." But okay, I was gonna say, so, "Man, I w- that was gonna be the guy. I probably would have guessed." Okay, um, so, so sixty-seven point six percent, number one all time, Drew Brees. You guessed Aaron Rodgers to sixty-four point six percent at ten. So in those three <laughs> percent that is where 2 through 9 live.
0: Okay, so Joe Montana. Not on the list. Steve Young. Not on the list. Oh man.
1: Remember in an Danny era Reno. in an era of you
0: watching football. Oh shoot. Okay, that shortens it some. Yeah. Um okay, so great quarterbacks in my time of watching. Um Michael Vick's probably not going to be on there. Trent
1: Green would Trent Green be on there? He is not. There's a fair amount that are still in the league. Actually, like eighty percent of these are still in the league.
0: <laughs> so Kurt Warner is not going to be on there.
1: Kurt Warner is there actually at number five.
0: Really? Okay. Yep. I'm trying to think of guys that either had like a fantastic career, or did just well enough that no one really talks about it as much anymore. That um, that
1: defines number three to a T. I
0: love that you just said that. Like the third place guy. Is it Jake DeLome? I don't know why that name just keeps popping in my <laughs> mind.
1: It's not. That's a really good guess, though. I'll give you one more guess, and then I'll start name, naming people off.
0: Tell me what division he played in.
1: The number three overall guy? Yeah. Uh, AFC East.
0: Jeez. Chad Pennington?
1: Yep. Wow. 66.1%.
0: Wow.
1: Okay, so I'm going to read it from 10 to 1. 10, Aaron Rodgers. 9, Philip Rivers by 0.1%. 8, Tony Romo. 7, Peyton Manning. 6, Matt Ryan. 5, Kurt Warner. 4, Dak Prescott. Wow. 3, Chad Pennington. 2, Kurt Cousins.
0: One Drew Brees. Okay, so some people are going to think I'm an idiot for not saying Peyton Manning's name yet, but Matt Ryan was a name that I was also going to say, so I would have been close there. And then who was seven? Seven was Peyton Manning. Who was six? Matt Ryan. Okay. There was one more name you listed that I was going to say, but I didn't. Tony Romo. That's a surprise. Tony Romo and Dak Prescott are surprising to hear. Honestly, I don't know what it is with Dak. But like, every time we do these tree trees, I hear his stats and how well he's played. Yeah. And every time I'm just kind of like, man, he really does deserve that big contract, doesn't he?
1: He does. Uh, I, I honestly was surprised by Phillip Rivers.
0: That's, that's the <laughs> name. Nine. That was going to be another I- name that I said and very surprising, especially with the amount of interceptions that he's thrown.
1: Right. That's my thing. Like, I'm like, I kind of assumed he would be in that like 62 to 63 percent, and he's at 64 and just over 64 and a half. Like, and him being above Aaron Rodgers is kind of surprising. I do know Aaron Rodgers usually leads the league in like throwaways and stuff like that, but we all know how little interceptions that Rodgers throws. You'd think that that would like just equal out with his
0: throwaways as well. So, pretty much it's. Aaron Rodgers throws it away. Smart decision. <laughs> Philip Rivers goes, fuck, if it's going to be incomplete, might as well be an interception. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's exactly it. His incompletions are not dropped balls or bad throws. They're, they're caught. <laughs> maybe not by his team. Yeah, exactly. I love it. All right.
1: There's Trucevia this week. Let's move on to Around the Laces. And- yes, sir. We will name off a lot of things that's happened over the last week. We will kind of do this in a a little bit of a rapid fire, uh, format because we want to talk about the games. So number one national championship, it was on Monday, LSU, congratulations, undefeated season. One of the best college teams we've all probably seen. I would say probably a top, I mean, safe is five. I'd say probably top three best team we've ever seen, like for like what they actually did. I thought that was super impressive um my initial thoughts on the game is just how good LSU is how many weapons that they had how many weapons Clemson has and just I mean you're talking like 20 prospects at least from these two teams combined like in this year's draft
0: absolutely absolutely um and before we kind of get into anything, Joe Burrow, phenomenal season. LSU, great talent, like you said, Treese. Clemson, great talent as well. Um, first time we've seen Trevor Lawrence not have one of those spectacular moments. You know, this is the the first time we've seen him kind of be humanized within a big moment of a big game. I feel like next year is going to be his complete redemption tour. That's something I tweeted that night. This game also took forever. It literally took so fucking long. Before we get rolling into anything else on the game, someone came out with some type of segment today on his show, pretty well renowned known radio host Colin Coward, and put Joe Burrow in the NFL today and said he would ne- he will never be a top 10 quarterback and listed nearly every quarterback in the NFL over him. Wow. I'm telling you right now, Joe Burrow, watching him play, what he does, the talent around him and who he's played this season will completely translate to the next level. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I know a lot of people ask, well, how did he just come onto the scene all of a sudden? You have to remember, this kid sat at Ohio State, comes to LSU, kind of has to get into the groove of playing college football. You know what I mean? Like He's got to catch up to the speed of the game. And once he did that, everything was clicking. And once it clicked, it was game over for everybody else. Their schedule this year, they beat several top 10 teams. What he did game in and game out will translate to the NFL. The talent that he had around him, all pretty much NFL premier talent, right? So you can see, well, hey, this is what he does with NFL talent. Will he do this at the NFL? Yeah, because every person in the NFL was one of the best players on their college team. You know what I mean? Everything is going to translate so smoothly. Everything he does within the pocket, he escapes tackles. He stays in the pocket. His pocket presence and movement. And while amidst doing all of that, his eyes are downfield so he can still make a big play. And it's not necessarily a big play. It's a play that turns into a big one because he's avoided defenders and it kept his eyes down the field and made a good throw. That's going to translate at the next level. That's going to translate for the Cincinnati Bengals, who have a good, young, wide receiver core. This is something Treece and I have talked about several times. Cincinnati Bengals get that offensive line figured out, and they get some secondary help on their defense. Hey, they're going to be a lot different, especially if Joe Burrow is the leader of that franchise moving forward. Exactly, and you just brought up what I was going to bring up. If they convince A.J.
1: Green to come back, and yes, I know he's been injured the last two years. I think that he could have came back this year and he just chose not to just because like, fuck it. Why would I? So you have guys like Tyler Boyd. You have guys like AJ Green. You have what's their other and Tate. Um, So like they have and John Ross, right? They have Joe Mixon, who I still firmly believe is a top four, maybe five running back in this league. Yep. Uh, You get Jonah Williams back. Now you get a quarterback. Maybe you draft another lineman with the thirty-third overall pick,
0: which would be smart of them.
1: Just like that, this offense is scary good.
0: Mm-hmm. Scary good with Zach Taylor and with if Joe Zach- Burrow. If okay, so he had a phenomenal. Sorry to interrupt you here. He had a phenomenal championship game. Absolutely absurd. Throws sixty yards, sixty touchdowns in an NFL college season in fifteen games. That's fucking nuts, okay? 60 touchdowns in any league, phenomenal, okay? If he had such a good game, he's probably not going to go to the Senior Bowl, but when you hear Jim Nagy talk about the Senior Bowl and the relationship that he has with the Burrow family and Joe and the excitement that Burrow had talking with him earlier in the season, he's probably going to Mobile, right? Because the Bengals coaching staff is going to be there. There is a possibility. I actually don't know if it's too late or not, so I'm not going to try to step on any toes here. But let's say he does go, right? That's going to be massive. And that's going to be great for him. And it's going to be great for the Bengals. And it's going to be great for every single fucking person that's there. Because Joe Burrow, wow. Just wow. If that happens.
1: Dude, being able to watch Joe Burrow and Justin Her- Herbert, like in the same
0: area, would just be I would be so happy. Like it With would be Jordan so much- Love as absurd as crazy it is to say that because I mean, Matt Miller, you hear him talk today. There's a possibility he goes to the Colts at thirteen. Like there's a possibility he's drafted early in the first round for teams to take a chance.
1: Yeah. I watch him weekly, so that one wouldn't get me as <laughs> <laughs> So but yeah, I get what you're saying though. So overall that game was awesome. It's hilarious that in my eyes, I mean, Justin Jefferson had an amazing just season and everything. But, like, in my eyes, the two best wide receivers aren't draft eligible in that game. And with Chase and uh,
0: Ross. Ross. Oh. No,
1: Stingley's cornerback. So, um, yeah, I was just talking about wide receiver. Sorry.
0: Gotcha. Um, On page yeah. with you again.
1: So, um, I mean, those two teams are going to— s- uh, it'll be interesting what lsu de- or yeah how lsu recovers literally like everybody basically declared today except for their safety like the other seven guys all were like, yep i'm out i'm out i'm out which brings me to my next thing do they do some of them do that because um obj's a fucking moron
0: <laughs> this is a tough situation i loved the moment i loved seeing it i thought it was so cool I thought it was a great way for alumni to represent the young guys doing something that hasn't been done in a while for them. Great for LSU, that fan base. I mean, it's an awesome fucking video. Like watching Odell Beckham Jr. count $100 bills, fold it in half and then like like dab him up for a high five right there in the middle of the fucking field with all these cameras. Dude doesn't give a shit. I don't fucking care what happens. LSU shouldn't care what happens. Like take the money. All right, you don't want it. Here's a scholarship. Thank you. That's a scholarship from Odell Beckham Jr. Call it that and move on with it. I don't really care. I think the allegations or the scandal. I think it'll get blown over. I don't think it's one of. I think it's one of those things where everyone's like, I can't believe he did it on national TV. Like he just didn't even care. Like why would he do that? Well, hey, they just won a national championship, dude. That's fucking awesome. It is
1: awesome. For me, like, I'm with you on, like, I don't care about that. But, like, at the same time, I feel like he just kept trying to get in front of the cameras and, like, almost was trying to take it away, like, take the glory away from some of the players and just, like, having the attention on him at times. I'm not saying the whole time, but at times. And that kind of bothered me where I give these guys, like...
0: Yeah, like, this is their moment. moment.
1: It's their moment, not your moment. You know, so anyways the money thing i don't care about like it's dumb but like he just like he was a moron just like always dude like he was always trying to get in front of the camera like during like pregame and when somebody was talking on the sidelines and stuff like that i was just like dude go away for a minute i'm watching college i'm watching college football today i'll watch i'll watch nfl next tomorrow or next week
0: i'll watch you and your hundred thousand dollar watch next year get out of my face
1: yeah get out of here Um, so anything else you want to talk about on the national championship?
0: Um, game took forever. Great game. Once again, like tree said, congrats to LSU and all of their fans.
1: Cool. All right. Other
0: than that. Yep. That's it. You want to keep going? You want me yeah. to keep going?
1: <laughs> okay. we make this awkward. Right I'll go. <laughs> um, all right. Yesterday, two big, I mean, two days ago for you that are listening two big retires. Uh, Antonio Gates, which a lot of people are like, didn't he already retire? He hadn't officially retired. I mean, amazing career. One of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Fantastic. Congrats. The other one, the big shocking news, Luke keekley Huge announcement on him retiring. We actually had a big conversation about how much longer he's going to play during the offseason when we were talking about his little neck brace thing that he's wearing, the necklace thing of the balance that we had to – google mid podcast to figure out exactly what it did um so we actually did talk about this like how much longer i did not think it was going to be this offseason i thought like hey maybe it's maybe it is when he turns 30 right maybe he only's got three more years left uh with all the concussions but um just great career luke like fantastic so much fun to watch when we did all of our like made up teams during the offseason you were always my Number one defensive player. I thought you were the best. I mean, I easily could have saw you winning like uh, defensive player of the year this year and in future years. So, uh, but good for you on choosing it. Obviously, making the tough decision of stepping away from a game that you clearly love. You can see it. You know, not only when he plays, but in that video. Um, the video was amazing, by the way. Um, but like understanding what's best for his health. I, I think that's amazing and like being like, Hey, I'm okay with walking away from money for my health for the rest of my life.
0: Exactly. I mean, you nailed everything right there. It was a, it was an awesome tribute to a guy who did everything the right way, a phenomenal player, a phenomenal linebacker. I really do want to ask everyone else. So like, where do you rank him on your all time linebackers list? Like where is he on that ranking for you? So you guys listening, go ahead and tweet us out. I think we'll probably just put a post out as well. Um, But other than that, Chase, I'm sure you have a couple guys or at least some type of a ranking there. Well, here's my question to you. Who would you rank?
1: Luke Keekley or Patrick Willis?
0: Oh, man, that's Who's tough. Uh, I would probably say Keekley just because, like, I watched him so much more. And by the time Patrick Willis retired, I was just kind of like, damn, that was a fast career. You know what I mean? Like, I never watched many 49ers games or really got to see the impact that he had like I did with Keekley,
1: Right. I mean, their careers are just so similar. Both played eight years, both all pro seven years, or sorry, pro bowl seven years, both all pros five years. And like their stats are pretty, you know, somewhat similar. Um, And so like, those are two guys. And I'm like, Patrick Willis didn't make it. This was his first year of eligible for Hall of Fame. He didn't make it. So it'd be interesting with Luke Kuechly. I could see Kuechly making it first year. Um, I don't know who I would choose. I mean, you're picking out of like all-time greats, in my opinion. There, so, uh, but I, I grew up watching Patrick Willis. um, With me being obviously in Utah, San Francisco is very close. They're on TV a lot, so that was during the heyday there. It was still during Alex Smith, so like Alex Smith era, and so they were on even more around here. Um, It's you know we're really strange because we don't get like you're in Missouri, obviously, and like so it's like you probably just get Chiefs games every single week, like you know they're going to be on TV. In Utah, you don't know. Like, it's different every week. We do get a lot of Raiders games. We do get a lot of Broncos games. But other than that, like, dude, we had like five Detroit Lions games this year. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, we just, like, every, every week, it's kind of like a, oh, we get to watch them this week. Sweet. So, um, (laughs) it's kind of fun. But, anyways, um, so that's how, what I have for retired players in the NFL. Uh, Let's talk about some hirings or possible hirings. So possible hirings. Uh, Jason Garrett, former Dallas Cowboys coach, as everybody knows, interviewed for the Giants OC job today. Thoughts?
0: Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Definitely been a coach for the Dallas Cowboys for a while. Now going to the New York Giants. Um, if you just randomly heard that, that's my cat running in my bedroom. Just scared the shit out of me. Don't know if it did you or not. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do there Kind of a similar situation with what he had with the Cowboys, right? Not not very big receivers This last year anyways aside from amari cooper You got a stellar running back an offensive line that needs to be rebuilt a quarterback who you can develop into the future It just seems kind of as the same starting point and when he took where he was in dallas And then kind of where eventually end up with this seems like a lot of similarities there in new york for him
1: yeah, agreed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him calling plays again since he hasn't called plays in so many years now. So um, I, I like it, though. I, I think it's worth the interview, see where he is mentally and all that. So th- I think that's great. Um, another one, Heinz Ward, uh, rumored to get an interview for the Eagles wide receiver coach. I'm all for former wide receivers becoming wide receiver coaches. Uh, Maybe it's just because like in Jacksonville, they have um, McCardell, Keenan McCardell, and uh, he I think he's done a lot of really great things with D.D. Westbrook and with D.J. Chark. So I'm all for that. And so and obviously, Heinz Ward is one of the toughest dudes. And I mean, you got to be tough in Philadelphia. Right. So uh, I, I think it would be awesome and very interesting to see.
0: It very much would be, especially with that offense. Like maybe he can teach them how to catch or something. Or maybe he has an eye for some talent when it comes to scouting guys. You know, he can watch some tape and go, hey, I would like to work with this guy over this one. You know what I mean? I like his personality here over others. Like he's gonna know that as a Hall of Fame wide receiver when it comes time to coaching and, you know, producing talent at that position. So I think that'd be a great fit for them in the Eagles. Uh some more head coaching hires. Kevin Stavansky. Did I didn't just botch that, did I? Nope. You did great. Oh my God! Look at me go. That's improvement, everyone. Yes. That's that's fucking improvement. Uh, gets the job for the Cleveland Browns. Kind of a shock. Kind of not. Some people predicted it. I think it was Kevin Williams that tweeted me. He's like, "Hey, you know, I kind of called this. I thought it was a good foot there. I'm not gonna lie to you, Kevin. I don't know who the fuck he was. I don't really care who he is. I just don't see it working out. Like you're gonna have a no nameer go to. Maybe that does work out. Maybe you have a no or going to Cleveland with a team full of names and attitudes and egos, and maybe it finds a way to work out. Who knows, though? If it does, good for the Browns, good for Kevin, good for everything else going on in Cleveland. But Haslam's going to be an issue no matter what. And then Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator for the LSU Tigers, also going to the NFL. I believe he took a job with the Redskins, if I'm correct. Ron Rivera brought him in. And he is now working for the Washington Redskins. Am I correct there, trees? Who,
1: who are you talking about here? Joe Brady. No, he's the OC for the Panthers.
0: Panthers. Oh my God. Excuse me. Yes. Wow. Shit. Yeah. Look at me. Just total yeah. libel right there. Shit. Sorry. I
1: should, I should have put that. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking, yeah, Rivera Panthers. I, I see the confusion. I also probably should have put the Panthers on that, on the rundown. My fault. Um, but, yeah, I love the Joe Brady thing. 30 years old, super exciting move for them. Uh, Panthers are really starting to, like, create this, like, awesome coaching staff. Uh, for Stefanski, I think it's a good hire. I, kn- I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but is it only because Gary Kubiak was there and kind of, like, helping him was a lot of things? That might be the case. But at some point, you got to let these guys kind of, like, go on their own and see if they can do it. Yeah. Um, And I think that, like, this offense with the Browns is going to be very similar to what the Vikings have. I mean, you have the running backs that are so similar. So similar. And then in Chubb and in Cook. And then you you have two wide receivers. I mean, OBJ and Diggs. I mean, great route runners. Freak athletes there. Then you have you know, a Jarvis Landry and an Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen's better on, like, deep routes and stuff like that, but, like, both of them, like, know how to, like, make great, like, body control-type catches and all that stuff. So I'm just like, they're the same. If they can find a way to get uh, Njoku happy, right? Like, Njoku for an Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph. I mean, dude, it's it plays out like this should work out offensively. Obviously, the game is two-sided defensively he's going to have to get a good DC and really like scheme up plays and be able to get more talent on that defensive side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Any comments on Joe Brady after he's saving my ass there? (laughs) No, just that. I I love it. I love that. He's only 30 years old too. I think that's just fucking awesome. Yeah. The dude looks super young. Like I saw him in the booth watching that stream. I was like, this dude's not 30. He's like 26. Yeah. But, A good spot, good for him, happy for him, honestly. Uh, Pat Shermer, another offensive coordinator, former coach of the New York Giants, is getting the OC job for the Broncos. Good for him and Drew Locke. I think that's going to be good if things can line out and they can get that consistency. If not, it's going to be very distracting uh, for Drew Locke to start his career because the Broncos have had several offensive coordinators um, throughout the last five years or so. That's just something they haven't been as consistent with. Uh, so if they can figure that out, it'll be good for them and Shermer moving forward.
1: Absolutely. Uh, next one, John Filippo, Jags OC, mutually parted ways. And uh, a little disappointing. I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought that he did a good job with what he had. So... Um, not all for this move, but I kind of get it at the same time. Like, if you just don't feel like it was that, like it was a good fit. Like, I get that. Uh, I'm actually more just disappointed that they haven't fired their DC at this point. Like, you need to like fucking blow this up, like, it, <laughs> bro. Like, you got to stay. Like, you can't just keep everybody. But no, we're good. We're good. Like, clearly, it's not good. Clearly, you're. In the top 10 again for the second straight year. So, um, and third time in four years. Like, you're not. So, you got you to gotta switch stuff up. And the defense just, like, couldn't stop the run this year. And I get it. Like, Marcel Darius was out. Miles Jack was out for a lot of the year. I get all that. But at the same time, like, the D.C. literally didn't change anything
0: up. Just same plays over and over. <laughs> got to love it, right? Uh, oh. Speaking of Speaking of some type of change, Tony Romo... To Monday Night Football might be a possibility as ESPN is looking to offer him a massive deal for a broadcaster, color analyst. That is, um, I think the range was what 13 to 14 million a year for Tony Romo to remove him from CBS. I don't personally see Tony Romo leaving CBS. I think he likes that spot there. I think he likes the opportunity of potentially getting to commentate on golf further down the road along with Jim Nantz. I think he really likes that relationship and everything that's there. It looks like a good spot for him. He is definitely the lead guy for CBS, the number one team. He is fantastic. But I also get the getting the primetime game for Monday nights. At the same time, though, it doesn't seem like ESPN gets as many great Monday night matchups as what they used to be, or it's just so bad in the commentating that no one cares for the game anymore because we now have booger memes. So, it's it's a tough thing. I think it would be hard to leave CBS to go to Monday Night Football, especially with the variety of games that you would get on Sunday and the amount of places. And in Monday Night Football, it's just strictly, this is it, ESPN. Hopefully, your co-host is as good as Jim Nance.
1: Yeah. And really, the thing is, is Sunday Night Football is where, it, where it's at now, not Monday night. I mean... Growing up, it used to be like, well, Monday Night Football. Sunday Night Football is way better nowadays. So if he was ever going to move, it, you would think it would be like NBC. But we'll see. Uh, Let's see. Last few things. Falcons announced that they're going to get New jerseys soon. So that's awesome. Like, I'm super excited for that in in, uh, April. And then we had a bet this last week. What team between the Titans and Ravens have the most 20-yard plays? And – Hey, you got the game right because you predicted the Titans to win. So Thank congratulations you. there. But you still owe me money because the Ravens did have more 20-yard plays.
0: Okay. I uh, hate to see that. Uh, you just mentioned the fact it's New Jerseys. Another thing that's coming out, the Aaron Hernandez documentary, uh, that's going to be really interesting to see. I believe it's called The Mind of Hernandez or Aaron Hernandez, something like that. Mind of a Murderer. Mind of a murderer will weigh off. Kind of the same thing. That's who he was. Uh, But another documentary that I want to kind of point out that maybe some of you haven't heard of or haven't listened to. But there's a podcast documentary over him and his story and kind of his background and his upbringing. If you have not listened to that, definitely go check it out because it is very, very interesting. It's very detailed. A lot of stories from his childhood into his youth and into being a high school football player and in college in the NFL. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's awesome. So I can't wait to see uh, this actual video documentary as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it came out today tomorrow, or yesterday for you guys that are listening to this. Uh, I'm very excited. I was planning on watching some of it tonight. Uh, got stuck at work and now we're podcasting. So it'll be tomorrow, tomorrow on weekend. It's going to be a great time there. We can get into divisional round recaps now. And we'll just start out with the first game, which was the Vikings versus the 49ers. We both predicted the Niners winning and covering, and they did. And uh, the biggest thing for me is Niners could have won this game by at least 14 points more, if not more. I felt like they, in the second half, started running the most vanilla plays because Shanahan's like, I'm not showing you Shit. Seahawks or Packers coaches. I'm not showing you anything like you're going to get a, you're going to get a whole, the whole set of new plays that you've never seen before next week. I'm not wasting them on the Vikings that we already got this shit wrapped up. Uh, I think that they're on a mission defense clearly looked healthy there. They were just dominating everywhere. Uh, Nick Bosa, won defensive rookie of the year uh, officially with this game, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, Having a primetime game like that, like playoff game where people are still like looking at it and you have two sacks on a shit ton of just rushes and uh, pressures on the quarterback. I mean, people are going to take notice of that. Um, So good for him. And Sherman, dude, Sherman's back to the old Sherman, man. Talking shit. Post game, during game, pregame doesn't matter. I love it. And um, Vikings just overall you should still be excited about your team. I think that you guys still have a good future. I mean, the offense is good defense. I think you'll have some cap casualties. I did. I actually did an article last week about the, about the Vikings and some cap casualties. Um, So I think they'll make some changes. I think you'll see that. Um, I I think them and the Eagles actually will have, you'll see like a lot of like big name vets getting released. Like those are two teams that I I could see that with. Um, So Yes, sucks to lose that, but overall, Vikings, great year, right? You make it to the playoffs. You beat the Saints in New Orleans. You just come up short here. I mean, you had a tough schedule. I mean, that you've had the toughest playoffs with those two teams.
0: Absolutely. I think you're right. You nailed everything on the head. Uh, like you said with the Vikings kind of going forward for them, their offensive line is young, and you need to revamp that secondary. Once you do that, I think that will help your team out a lot. Uh, the 49ers, though. Great, great game planning for the offense as well. I, I like the point trees made on. They got very vanilla later in the game once they kind of realized they had it sealed. But that defense, man, that's what really sealed it for me. They were all over the place. Bosa, fantastic game. Buckner had a great game. Armstrong had a good game. I mean, Fred Warner had a good game. It was just these guys were all over the place. Their secondary looked fast. But the secondary gets a lot of help with how great that defensive line played. Uh, several names I just listed there. And the Vikings, they just they just didn't have enough firepower. They just didn't have enough fight left in them, like Tree said. A tough schedule, regular season. They were in a tough division, honestly, this year. Um, and then you go and beat the Saints. You can kind of look into that as their Super Bowl coming away with a win there. And then you fall short to the Niners. The Niners are on their own mission. That's really about the only thing I have to say about this game. So let's get into our next one, the Titans versus the Ravens. Um and this was just a bloodbath. And I'm not talking a bloodbath as in a blowout. I'm talking like this was a very physical game um in Baltimore that the Titans won. And by the end of it, you could tell they were tired of seeing Derrick Henry. When you saw Earl Thomas get turned into a lead blocker, that's when you knew it's over. Like the Titans have won this game. That's what sealed it for me. Ryan Tannehill taking that deep shot down the field and scoring that's when it kind of realized the Baltimore Ravens were like, hey, we're gonna have to try and score quickly here And they just got it. They got away from what they did I mean, if you have Lamar Jackson throw over 50 times, I think he threw 59 You haven't thrown that many times in a game like that's just that's not your game plan That's not his game style when you had him trying throw that many times earlier in the season you were losing games You went away from that you started focusing on the run his smart decision-making from the reads. You know what I mean? Maybe, okay, I don't need to hand it off here. I don't need to run. I can pass it, dump it off here. We're good to go, march down the field. You went away from that. And the Titans just kept handing the ball over and over and over. They took shots when they needed to. Ryan Tannehill, back-to-back games of less than 100 yards throwing. I mean, the Titans did what they needed to do to win this game. And that's what kind of puts fear into me as a Chiefs fan. We'll get into that game here in a little bit. But it's going to be weird to see what the Titans do and to hear them in the AFC Championship game. Like, they beat the two other best teams in the division. like You beat the Patriots, and then you go and beat the Ravens both away games, and you're about to travel again. It's going to be a very interesting weekend. That is for sure. 100%.
1: Uh, I I mean, you're right. It was a bloodbath, and this game was very entertaining to watch. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Ravens suck. Lamar Jackson's not what he is. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, Lamar Jackson still had 500 total yeah, or 500 total yards. Like, I mean, like, yes, he he made some bad reads, bad decisions on a couple. I mean, the first pick wasn't his fault. Honestly, it was a high pass to Mark mm-hmm. Andrews, but honestly, I thought it should have been caught. I mean, like, it's playoff time. You have to make those type of plays. Yes, still not the best throw, but you have to make those type of throws. The next pick, yeah, just a shitty, shitty read trying to hit the out route. The corner was jumping on that shit. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, overall. Ravens are going to be back. I mean, they'll they'll figure it out here. Uh, they're still going to be an awesome team. But uh, what I don't like is when people are like, oh, yeah, Ravens choked, Ravens choked, blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like that takes away from the Titans for what they did. Titans won this game is what the way I see it. They went in there, they bullied them, and they did whatever they wanted to offensively. Especially, obviously, defensively, early the first half they you know they did what they wanted in this in the first half. Second half, I felt like the Ravens started getting going a little bit, but um, good for the Titans. I mean, it's hilarious that they're in the fucking AFC Championship game after all the shit I've talked all year. <laughs> uh, it, it's hilarious to me. Um, but I'm, like in in the end, though, I I'm actually happy that there is an AFC South pl- team. In the conference championship, I think that that speaks volumes to the to the division and all that, um, and just shows how crazy the NFL is. Like the Jags are really a bad team, and they whooped the shit out of the Titans, like literally sacked them eleven times. And given, I get it; it was before Tannehill was playing. But I mean, that's probably the best move ever. Like this GM should get so much praise for the trade he made for Tannehill, and then them just finally not sticking to. Mariota and finally just making the change jags should have done it with Bortles. uh bears should be doing that with trubisky right now it's like maybe you should take notes of like hey you give up on guys like just because they're first round picks and top five picks doesn't mean you have to like stick with these guys for that long i understand that you haven't stick with guys for one or two years but like after two years you kind of know what people are
0: I mean, very much so. You got a lot of things that we can transition off of. But, like, if you're the Chicago Bears and you see Cincinnati's probably going to get Joe Burrow, go trade for Andy Dalton. Like, you got to have at least some type of draft capital that the Bengals will be interested in. I mean, fuck something, right? So, that's an interesting topic there. But speaking of the AFC South and how crazy the NFL is, we almost had an AFC South AFC Championship battle. Because the Texans came out and just shocked everybody in Arrowhead. Everyone watching that game was stunned. I was almost in tears. I was pissed. I was like, we can't beat the AFC South. We're here in the playoffs, and we just can't fucking do it. And the next thing I know, everything flipped. Everything changed. Just absolute chaos. Just fantasticness. McCole Hardman running that ball, getting the momentum back to the Chiefs. The Chiefs score two plays later with Damian Williams and that quick pass we saw it happen against the Chargers. He hits Williams in the back because he doesn't turn around. They run it again this week. Boom, score a touchdown. Um, just fantastic plays. Patrick Mahomes making crazy throws. Travis Kelsey making up for an early drop that kind of killed the drive. Comes back, gets three touchdowns. This defense stepping up. Like, dude, this next game is going to be exciting for the Chiefs and the Titans. I can't wait for tomorrow to get that show out because it's going to be fun. Uh, let me tell you about that. Uh, but the Chiefs, dude, just what a game. And then the Texans and Bill O'Brien, you have to kind of question like, he got rid of all of our draft capital. We have money to designate it to pretty much a couple players. We don't have much to look forward to. Like we need help. Like Maybe the trade's kind of paid off. We we get blown out by 20 after being up 24. Like What are we doing? Like If you're a Texans fan, you have to be kind of confused and pissed. You hear Deshaun Watson go, you know what? I like Bill O'Brien. He's good in my book. If I'm here at quarterback, I'm fine with him being my head coach. Yeah, he's also the first coach you've had in the NFL. You're probably not looking at him going like, oh, this guy sucks. Because you go from college where you don't know as much information, you know, hey, this guy's going to be open here. Just make sure the ball is there and he catches it. You do that well enough, you get to go to the next level where they explain everything in detail and tell you why the timing is here. They help you read defenses. You get more of an understanding of the game of football at the NFL than you do in college. So he's probably hearing Bill O'Brien and all this basic information and is loving it and translating it well to everyone else that listens and the media loves it as well. But man, I think you could do better as a head coach. I remember saying that in the offseason. If there's any coaches on the hot seat, I think it's Bill O'Brien. And I remember you kind of shutting that down because, hey, people in Houston love him. At some point, you have to stop loving the guy that doesn't have a boss, got rid of all your draft capital, and you're up 24-0, and you lose by 20. Like, that's not a good look as a head coach. I'm sorry for Texans fans. When you see the Chiefs in the playoffs, it doesn't go so well. Uh I kind of know about it as a Chiefs fan, but things look to go pretty well right here, and I cannot wait for fucking Sunday. The Lamar Hunt Trophy is hopefully coming home. Let's roll, baby. I mean, do you want to talk more about the, this
1: game a little bit? This this whole second quarter just going all at it? I mean, I I know you mentioned some plays, but I don't want to cut you off here. Do you want to talk more about
0: this? It was just absurd. Like, it was crazy to see it. It was yeah. crazy to try and hold an optimistic view so I wasn't getting negative and upset. And then tweeting, hey, we've seen the Chiefs score 21 points in the quarter before. Why can't they do it again? And someone tweets, because they can't catch the ball. Hey, boy, they fucking figured it out. And then from there, the defense, the fucking defense, dude. So much better. They're so fast. They're so fucking physical. Like the They had a couple plays, the Texans did. But after that, man... The Chiefs just did what they do. Like, I, I love it. And I'm having a hard time trying to remember everything because I have so much that I want to say. But it was, it's great. The, this Chiefs team is different than any team we've seen. And they are clearly the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, realistically. I would put them up against anyone. And some people are going to say, duh, they're in the Final Four. But I'm fucking serious. You line anyone else up, I am taking the Chiefs.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fair. But I also think that I mean like the four hottest teams are the ones remaining. And I think I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> These final three games, the conference championships and the Super Bowl are going to be bloodbaths. They yeah. all are. Like you have three just run heavy teams. We're gonna just fucking run it down your throat. And then you have Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the one outlier, but like we're gonna score fucking 24 points in a quarter and you're not going to be able to run the ball on us that type shit right like it's going to be insane i mean i cannot wait i know i know you can't wait but i can't wait for sunday i think both games are going to be awesome i know the packers got blown out by the niners earlier in the year i don't think that's the case again i mean i just think it's going to be a different different thing i still actually i'm not going to talk about that but I am like super excited. I think I'm more excited for the AFC game because can the Chiefs slow down Henry, right? Like at this point you have to be like, the answer is most likely no, but it's, but, but this offense can at least go toe to toe with him. I think that's, I think that's the most realistic answer is no, you can't, you can't stop Henry, but we have a team that can outscore him even if we can't stop him.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I I'm gonna say that they do just enough on the defensive side of the ball. Their defense is smart and they're physical and they have size along the defensive line. Yes, I understand the Ravens are bigger within that, but the Chiefs have speed on both sides of the ball and they're so smart. Like what Spagnola has done to this defense is phenomenal. And this isn't a knock on the Ravens, but. You could tell by the end of the game, the Ravens were like, dude, we're tired of hitting this guy. I think the Chiefs defensive players are smart, but stupid enough to go, I'm going to go fucking hit him again. Like, Honey Badger don't care. That mindset is for that entire defense right now. Like, it's yeah. going to be awesome. I the, Watching this last game against the Texans, they're not much of a run-heavy team, but Carlos Hyde ran all over them in the earlier matchup. This defense was able to stop that run and hold it to minimal like minimal yardage like yeah They had a couple like 10 11 yard carries But there wasn't any breakaway plays and that's because these guys they see the holes and they fill it They're not getting juked out They're not getting ran over and they swarmed the ball like they all have an idea where it's going and they go there and they fill it in Seeing that with the Texans. I know we usually say this podcast for today uh, What would come out for a preview aspect of it, but I'm being serious like I think they find a way to stop it and then they can find a way to score just as fast on offense. The the Titans, they're either going to say, hey, we're going to keep taking clock and hopefully we go score on these long drives to kind of just keep battling here and we'll take it to the end. But they've also had a long season. They've also traveled the last two games in the playoffs. These games are so much more physical. They're so much more mentally draining. You know what I mean? You go to New England you play there then you go to Baltimore and play there and now you got to travel one more time to Kansas City and play in a game that's gonna be cold like there's an ice storm on Friday here You're gonna play two days following that Things might just be defrosting a little bit, but it's still gonna be cold and hard and if you run the ball with Henry Henry's probably beat up a little bit more over 30 carries the last couple games in here He's been the workhorse for this team, but at some point Like, your body's going, dude, like, I can't deal with another 25 car crashes today. Like, we got to figure something out. And if that is the case, I don't know if the Titans have anything else to match the Chiefs' uh, offensive firepower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, all fair arguments. Um, Devil's an advocate. You also have to be like, man, maybe this is just fucking destiny. Like, maybe nobody can stop this rolling train. Like, maybe it's just just not possible, right? Like, yeah. Uh, And I know you're not saying this. I know you're not. But if you are a Chiefs fan and saying you are not worried about this, you're delusional. Oh, I'm like, there's definitely part of me that's worried. Yeah, I know you are. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying just in general, if you're a Chiefs fan, like you have to be somewhat worried because I mean, even their defense is playing great. Like their DBs are way better than anything that the Texans got. Like they're just they're just a tough team. So we'll see. I'm super excited for the game. Um, last game, actually one last thing you were talking about just, uh, O'Brien and all that stuff. And I don't think they will, because he's obviously the face of the franchise, what he did for Houston. Amazing. Right. But let's talk about JJ Watt for a second. He's supposed to get paid $16 million this year, $17 million next year. With his contract right now, there is now zero dead money if you drop him. You do not get penalized. It's not like, oh, yeah, $15 million, but we have to pay him $6, 8000000 million, whatever it is, when you release him, right? But dude's missed more time than he has, you know, more time than he's played the last few years. You have to start wondering, like, if you need some cap space, what happens with J.J. Watt? going to wow. be 31, 32 years old. I mean, again, I don't think it happens this year. I think it's a next year type thing. I think that they stick with him one more year and then maybe. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, if you if if they're in cap trouble and they need the room, it's a move that could be made.
0: That's nuts. Yeah. That's knocking fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I just wanted to put it
1: out there. Like, the numbers add up. Like, the numbers... Forward, oh,
0: that's staggering.
1: How much, he you know, for the productivity that he's had the last few years, like, it's like an easy cut. But also, I also understand how much he means to that yeah,
0: city. It's also J.J. Watt. <laughs> and it's also J.J. Watt. So
1: I get it. I get it. Um, okay, last game. Uh, Seahawks versus Packers. Very exciting game. Uh, not going to lie, third quarter came around. Seahawks scored. Stopped him, scored again, and just like how we do with Tom Brady a lot, I said we've seen this before. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson's magic of uh, late third quarter, fourth quarter uh, comeback is here, and it's back. And watch this happen. I was very, I was excited for the Packers to stop it. Uh, I was tweeting about how Zadarius Smith, or uh, yeah, Z- Smith was like going to have a big game because the pr- previous podcast, I said that he deserved to be defense player of the year. He had a monster game. Preston Smith, the other D end outside linebacker, what do you want to, whatever you want to call him, had an awesome game. I loved his comment of, it felt like I was chasing a chicken without a fence. Like that <laughs> describes Russell Wilson to a T. I thought that was awesome. Um, the chemistry between um LeFleur and Rogers is starting to become something real right now. I don't know if you watched like some of the, like the videos of stuff like when they scored with the deep route to Adams hit for a second touchdown and how they like hugged each other. Like, Great play and like like they were just like super excited for each other. On good job calling the play and like hey that was a hell of a throw type thing. Um, Adams is healthy. Aaron Jones is just a beast. Uh, all of a sudden, what Jimmy Graham is becoming something again? No That's- shit. Weird to see, but, like, good for him. Uh, and, again, I think that's why I'm saying that this game isn't going to be – I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout like it was earlier in the year. Uh, I just think that the Packers are playing very good football right now.
0: And I completely agree. Uh, speaking of Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers in his post-game interview with Aaron Andrews goes, hey, it was awesome to kind of get Jimmy rolling. You know, he played with the Seattle Seahawks for a little bit. It was nice to have a big game but watching this like you said you were kind of expecting Russell Wilson to make that late that late game comeback and kind of send with the NFC championship game and that would have been awesome and exciting but that just goes to show the difference of what this Green Bay Packers team is and the difference in this defense as well like they got a lot of size they got a lot of strength they're they're smart and they're physical and they're fast like it's good good for the Packers this offseason to go get these guys and make things happen the way that they have. Great for them. Aaron Rodgers, happy for you this late in your career to have another chance at a Super Bowl. But the Seahawks, I feel bad for Russell Wilson. Like that dude, he just he's doing everything. You have to know by the end of the game he's just he's got at some point being like, dear god, like help. <laughs> like yeah. give me someone else to help. Give me another like two like half a second. To make a read, please, please help. He's just not getting it. The Packers, though, the great game plan. They did just enough to win. They were able to stop him, found a way to get Wilson uncomfortable in a situation, makes a bad decision. Packers win the game. Not a bad decision, interception. But, hey, see it for the Seahawks. Good season. Um, a season that a lot of people counted out. Like, they didn't think the Seahawks were going to have a very good year. You lose Baldwin, he retires. You draft D.K. Metcalf. This dude can't run routes. We don't know what's going on. Then you lose both your running backs at the end of the regular season. Your offensive line isn't the best. Your defense is developing through the year. Like, hey, some excitement for the Seattle Seahawks moving forward. Like, they have a possibility to kind of repeat or make the NFC Championship next year because the running backs are coming back. And they they really had that running game rolling. And losing him and bringing the Marshawn off the couch, like, that's tough. So it's going to be exciting to see what the Seahawks can do next year as well. 100% agree there.
1: All right. That does it for our episode tonight. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back very, very shortly. And we got Senior Bowl next week, which is going to be awesome. Uh, We'll do some uh, previews of the AFC and NFC Championship game, which obviously we're both very excited for. So, uh, again, thank you, everybody. We appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking for